The Pittsburgh Steelers are still making moves in free agency. We'll talk about the new guard, Isaac Samalo, what he does for the Steelers' offensive line projections, and what Omar Khan continues to build and the message it sends for the direction of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm your host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app, but especially on YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button of the video if you enjoy it. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, this is the game that's definitely for you. Download the game by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app stores on your mobile device. Listeners get up to a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON in the game. Now, if you're a GM that you want to play that game in, you might be liking the moves that Omar Khan's moving Omar Khan, of course, in the Pittsburgh Steelers, signed reportedly Isaac Samalo, an offensive guard from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who by some people had had in the uh, in the rankings and PFF had it in their rankings as the best guard available in free agency, which is a very interesting move because the Steelers, we all talked about how the offensive line needed to get better this year. We talked about how they improved this year, but still the Steelers shouldn't settle for that, and they, they should still try to upgrade the offensive line. They already signed Nate Herbig last week. We talked about that and how you know his power presence as a run blocker that could be interesting and how he fits in with the Steelers, but he needs to improve his pass blocking, and we're not sure if he would take the job from Kevin Dotson. Isaac Samalo is pencil him in as the starter now at left guard. I I fully believe right now, as we sit here, it's going to be Samalo at left guard, Mason Cole at center and uh, James Daniels at right guard with Herbig and Dobson as your first subs in case anything goes wrong. Um, I know some people are talking about Daniels moving to center. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they want him at right guard. I don't think anyone else is switching to center. I-, I think this is a very solid group on the inside where you bring everyone to training camp. You have people battle it out. Like Don't just hand everybody jobs, but you know, have people compete. Um, but I think that it's pretty obvious that Samalo, a guy that started for the Philadelphia Eagles, was a really good offensive lineman for them uh, and was a big part of their run to get to the Super Bowl uh, with the way that he was able to protect Jalen Hurts. I think this is he I think he's the guy that he's more consistent than Kevin Dotson. I think Kevin Dotson has a high ceiling that he can play at a much better level than we've seen him. I've talked about that on that sh- on this show a lot that he has some great games but some also ugly terrible games and that kind of balances out his resume. Samalo, I'd say he's up in the level where he has some very good he has a lot of very good to great games and very few games where you're like, "Man, did you cost us everything?" And if you look at the charting that that's given on Pro Football Focus with how they get how many pressures he gives up how many sacks he gives up a game in a season he officially was tallied with one sack this season allowed and that was with 714 snaps in pass protection 
that's pretty that's a pretty good rate. Now he did give up 25 pressures and 21 hurries. Um, but compare that to Kevin Dotson, who gave up four sacks. Grant, he also gave up 16 pressures, which is less and less snaps than 639 pass passing snaps. Um, and maybe some of that is due to you know Jalen Hurts is a more mobile quarterback than Kenny Pickett, but still. You see the you, you see the the, the disc difference in sacks. Only eight penalties on the year for Samalo. There were twelve penalties for Kevin Dotson. I think what this is doing and what Omar Khan continues to set up for the Steelers, as well as Andy Weidel, because let's make no mistake, this is Omar Khan's front office. But Andy Weidel is the guy who went out here, and the, Nate Herbig and and uh, Samalo are both guys that. You know, either are, we're with the Eagles or we're just or, or, or we're dra- originally brought in by the Eagles. And those are definitely Andy Weidel type of guys, physical offensive linemen, big guys in the interior. And to me, this signifies the Steelers don't need to go after guard in the in this NFL draft class. Now, they can still go after a center. There's guys out there. There's there's Schmitz from Minnesota. There's Whitebrook from from Ohio State. All those guys could be on the mark, could be on the on the on the calendar. But you can now basically, like I think, if they're going offensive line, they could just really go tackle. And this makes sense for a few reasons. Offensive tackle, like Samalo is is we all we know of Samalo's contract, or at least I know. I've been out here in uh, North Carolina covering March Madness. I'll be heading back to Pittsburgh by the time that you're probably listening to or watching this this episode. Uh, back and so we'll finally be back in my own house, but. Um, uh, but in, in all this time, the Steelers, they've been making moves to pay guards. And you look at Samalo, we know it's a three-year deal. It's not, but we don't know the monies, but I don't, the money for it, but I don't expect it to be something outrageous. Like Orlando Brown, not that he doesn't deserve his money, but four years, $64 million from the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a lot of cash. And we talked about that last week and how if he if the Steelers were in on it, I don't think that they were offering anywhere near that kind of money for an Orlando Brown. And I think that the Steelers' philosophy right now might be, you know what? Sign the guards and the interior guys because you can pay them a lot cheaper if they're free agents. And maybe they just need to draft themselves an offensive tackle, which is what I think that this is setting this draft class up to be is that, you know, we've talked about O-line, but some people feel like, you know what, maybe they need to go a lot more defense. Maybe they need to go get this position, this position, that position. And I'm not saying offensive line is definitely the first round pick now, but man, I'm really feeling that it's a really good possibility that it could be, if not the first round pick, the 32nd pick or the 49th pick, one of those three. Um, I think there's a lot of talented offensive tackles in this draft class. We've talked about them a lot this this offseason. We'll continue to talk talk about it as we keep going through and um, and start doing more mock drafts. Also, it is mock draft Monday. We will have a winner in the third segment. Um, but I think there's a lot to, to go over there with that class. So I think the Steelers are preparing preparing themselves to say, hey, we we did it. We put a really good investment into this offensive line to protect Kenny Pickett and to open up holes for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Uh, as far as the interior guys, now you're going to be able to draft an offensive tackle. And then, you know, you have an offensive tackle that you added through the early parts of the draft. You have Dan Moore Jr. You have Chikuma Kaur for you'll have answers out there available for, for your for your offensive line. And uh, as lucky again as the Steelers were to get through last season without any injuries to the starters that made them miss a start in the, in the year, they'll be more prepared to be in that situation with the offensive line that they're building in the front, front office. So I like the Samalo pick. I've only had about like a day to really look at some film. The guy seems to be really good in pass protection. I think he's a little better in run blocking than Kevin Dotson. Um, I'd say considerably so. 
um, at least from what I've seen. But also, I know this, it helps to be next to a center like Jason Kelsey. So I, I think that there's whenever I whenever I'm looking at players, I'm also looking at how you know the reasons that they're finding success. And I think Smala deserves credit for the things he's done right, but it's always a little bit it's always really good to have a you know a superstar center next to you that helps set things up for you um and uh, it makes me wonder how will he do when he comes to the Steelers and Mason Cole a good center a one a center that you can uh that I think is 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 trustworthy and reliable but not a guy like Jason Kelsey who you know is one of the best centers that we've seen in the past I say 10 years so um all that to say I think this is a really good signing but I think this signing also points to more of a theme that myself, Alan Saunders, Josh Taylor, Wes Hula, a lot of the guests that you've heard on this show have been harping on all season and all off season leading up to what the Steelers are going to try to do in the front office to address this roster. We'll talk more about that in a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere. But first, before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors, the Ultimate Pro Football GM and GM game, where right now, if you're playing, if you're trying to feel like a GM, you're seeing all these moves, these signings, the trades, the cuts, the deals. This is the game for you if you like this kind of stuff and you want to play play the role of a GM in a game. And this game is very realistic in how it, it simulates an entire season. It goes through all the steps. It goes through the challenges of firing coaches, hiring coaches, dealing with egos, dealing with players, drafting, building scouting centers, you know, hiring other guys to help your organization, and then dealing with in-week-by-week in week decisions, in-season decisions where a player does something and you have to respond to it. It has so many things that, 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 that fall in. It feels like... Like you're actually controlling an NFL team and managing them through their seasons. And a season can go as fast as five minutes or as slow as, as slow as a half hour if you wanted it to, to make it. But it's still a whole lot of fun. You just play 25 seasons as a team's GM that you build from the ground. And then at the end of that, they see how many titles you won. And you can see if you want to make another run. I did a, a run of 25 seasons, won 19 championships. Think you can do better? Prove us wrong at the Ultimate Pro Football GM game. And you can do that by downloading the game at ultimate-gm.com. That's ultimate-gm.com to download the game. And when you do download the game, which you can do so for free, you can go to the game store and get 100% boost on all the stats and, and resources in the game. Game by using the promo code locked on it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on all capital letters all one word in the game store for ultimate gm.com and again to download this the game for free go to ultimate gm.com or and you can also download it in your local app stores on your mobile device ultimate football gm start your dynasty today Back here in the on the Locked On Steelers podcast, where I'm your host, Chris Carter, getting you ready on a Monday here. Again, we have Mock Draft Monday coming up in the third segment. Um, let's take a step back from just the signing of Samalo and what it does for the Steelers, but also what, again, we've been talking about, the direction I've been saying the Steelers are trying to go to, and that's becoming a team that plays really great defense, and runs the ball efficiently or controls the line at both, li both sides of the line of scrimmage. We've seen teams like the Niners, teams like the Eagles, some of the successful teams out there using that kind of a model and becoming a winner, a team that a team that's going to be, you know, among the best in the NFL, best in the NFL. And yes, having a superstar quarterback, very big part of that. Though. The, 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 um, the Patriots dealt with that with Tom Brady. The Chiefs had that with Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Josh Allen, the Bills. Sure. 
but we've seen that other teams can counter if they're able to have a defense that A, stops the run, B, gets after the quarterback, C, has good coverage, and then has an offense that can run the ball effectively and have a balanced look and not put too much pressure on their young quarterback, who is right now for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett, I think he can grow into be a very good to great player for the Steelers uh, over the years. And I think that he can be a great leader. I think that's his best quality that I covered him when he, when he was at his time at Pitt. But I think that right now as a young quarterback, easiest thing, like I've said all along, is get a run game that he can depend upon that can get tough yards and tough moments and can force defenses to go on a balancing act of saying, do we try to focus on stopping the run or do we try to focus on stuffing the pass? And that's when you start to, to put them in guessing games and then it makes life easier for your young quarterback. And part of doing the running game is one, making sure you have good backs because it, it takes that. And I think that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are both good backs. But you also need an offensive line that kicks a whole lot of butt, and I think the Steelers got better at being butt kickers at the end of the sec- at the end of the season. We graded them as such. We talked about them as such all season long. But they need to be consistent butt kickers. They can't just occasionally be doing it. They need to win at the line of scrimmage most of the time and by a decent margin to make this work. And that's why you're seeing Omar Khan going out last year. They signed two interior offensive linemen to free agency, Mason Cole, James Daniels, they're the starters. They helped stabilize the offensive line. Now they add Nate Herbig and Isaac Samalo, two more big guys to the mix. And they already have Kevin Dotson. Uh, Kendrick Green, of course, is sitting back there, but who knows what's going to happen with that situation. But either way, you're coming into camp with a lot of big dudes on the interior that make a lot of sense. And I'm telling you, I really think this is lining them up to get an offensive tackle early on. They actually following through with that plan to add to the mix there and that the Steelers would have a really good chance to build a strong line. And again, you're probably sitting there saying, "Okay, Chris, I get all that. I get all that. But why they're in a passing league? Does it make sense to get better at passing and defending the pass? I hear you, but see, here's the thing, and we've talked about this a lot. The NFL operates like a pendulum. One time, it's a one, you know, one time when uh, one way of winning is earning wins, people flock to it, and then eventually that gets figured out, and the pendulum swings back to another direction, and that becomes the new way to win, and then everyone goes to there, and it goes back again. One way, a perfect example, is the 3-4. Back in like the early 2000s, the Steelers were one of the last teams to be using the 3-4. It was considered all but extinct. And then when Dick LeBeau's defense made them really relevant again, uh, and they were they were causing problems to everyone, a lot more teams started to use the 3-4. And now t- today, a lot of teams are using the 4-3 again because there, there's a lot of teams winning with four-down four down linemen. It's just the way the, the way the world works. The NFL is a copycat league. But I think that what happens is when a lot of teams build their ways in the copycat way, build build their teams in the copycat way, there's a lot of similar weaknesses. And that's what you're about to see happen in the NFL. I said this last year as far as when the Steelers were starting to set themselves up, which is why I was thinking like they last year they could have gone for an offensive lineman if they wanted to. But this year, I think they're making the concerted effort to make sure their offensive line is prepared to take advantage of this because while – Offenses are becoming more potent in throwing the ball, and they're and they're gearing up to beat these defenses. And these defenses are counter, you know, countering their personnel development by getting smaller, quicker, faster guys who can cover, but might be more of a liability in run in run defense. But they're willing to sacrifice that because these other teams are really talented at throwing the ball. Guess what that means is that you might have a better matchup with a lot of these defenses with means that you could run the probably run the ball on a lot of them 
And I think that's something that happened to the Steelers in 2021. Yes, sorry, years are adding up. But the 2021 season when they finished dead last, the NFL in run stuffing. Not that this was all of the problems, but you know the Steelers, they were trying to get guys like Devin Bush who were smaller, quicker, guys who projected to be people that could help more in coverage and be better against the teams that like to pass a lot. But you still need guys who can stuff the run, who can get after the quarterback, play to the line of scrimmage, be big, be physical, be mean, and set the tone. And I think that that's where a lot of teams haven't done enough of that. And I think that there are a lot of teams are opting for more of those coverage guys. And that's where, if you're on the offensive side of the ball, easy way to take advantage of that is get big, mauling guys who love to eat up people and love to block and love to, to, to open up space and make that your strength. And if you make it your strength, you can make things a lot easier as your group collectively just bullies people at the line of scrimmage. And it's not going to always work. It didn't always work for the Eagles. They lost to the Chiefs. But the Chiefs also invested in guys in the trenches to help them. You know, they had Chris Jones, who was going to disrupt things. Frank Clark, guys up front who could be problem creators on the defensive front. And the Steelers have those guys already on their roster with Cam Hayward. They've re-signed Larry Ogunjobi, TJ Watt, of course, Alex Highsmith, of course. Um, And now they've added, you know, two more downhill linebackers and Cole Holcomb and uh, Elandon Roberts. I think that the Steelers are gearing up for this new era where they want to be bigger, stronger, tougher. They want to knock people around and they want to play this physical type of ball. And again, Andy Weidel was part of the engineer to build that for the Philadelphia Eagles that got them the roster that got to to this past Super Bowl. It just makes a lot of sense. They're just getting ahead of the game before all the other NFL teams do it. And some NFL teams already are. Like I said, the Niners, the Eagles, they're on that. But there's a lot of teams that are trying to emulate what these big passing teams are doing, what the Chiefs are doing, what the Bills are doing, what the Bengals are doing. Uh, There's a lot of teams trying to build up momentum that way. And if you don't have a superstar quarterback, and frankly, there's only so many of those out there, it's going to be very tough to run those types of teams and make them highly successful, which is why, again, I think the Steelers are making some smart moves here. Kenny Pickett may develop into that, but you need to be prepared for him to, for, for yourself to not force him to have to be that type of quarterback just yet. And I think that's what the Steelers are doing. They're saying, hey, he's young, second year of a five-year rookie deal. You hope that he develops, but let's make things easier for him. And if these guys come in and they're protecting him a lot better and they're also helping run the ball a lot better, it's going to help help Kenny Pickett fight through those years where he's forming the way that he thinks in the NFL and get to a point where he can see more of the field. He can be an on-field commander and he's not the young guy in the league trying to fit in. He's the quarterback who knows what he's doing in an offense that he knows how to run. I mean, again, I brought this up several times. Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady when he first started. It took him years to develop the persona of being a guy that could be a field surgeon at any point in time on the field. That's where uh, you know, it, you know, if you look back to their first three Super Bowls, he was clutch at times, but he wasn't nearly the passer or the 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 seer of the field, the field commander that he was for the Patriots in their later runs with him at the at the quarterback position. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's going to beat Tom Brady. I'm just saying it's a smart way to to protect your young quarterback and help him develop and to be the complete quarterback by winning the line of scrimmage, winning with the run game, playing good defense, and keeping the pressure off him to have to carry your team, and then. Who knows? Maybe in the mo- in the last moment of the game, he gets to make the big drive that gets you the win. Look at the Raiders game that they won this past year. Look at the Ravens game they won this last year. And look at Super Bowl 43, because Ben wasn't as young as, as Kenny Pickett was, but that was a game that was won because the defense and the, and, and the offense did just enough to keep that game in, in range so that at the end of the game, 
just came down to one drive where the quarterback got to do his thing, but he, but Ben didn't do a ton of heavy lifting in that game. It was really the end of the game where he came up big with that amazing throw at the end and the drive to get Santonio Holmes down there. And then the, you know, of course the toe tapping touchdown, it took time to get there though. And that's what I think the Steelers are setting up right now. They want to be uh, a strong offensive line, which the Super Bowl 43 team didn't have, um, but they want to have a strong running game, a strong set of pass protection, and they're investing in the guys to do that, which is why I also think they need to invest in offensive tackle. And that's a hint to what's going to come next in our Mock Draft Monday uh, segment, where you all have submitted lots, hundreds of, of Mock Drafts on Facebook, on the Lockdown Steelers Facebook group, or on my Twitter account, at Carter Critiques, where I made my post. Look for that every weekend uh, if you want to get your chance on the show. I'll review our Mock Draft Monday winner and go over all the picks right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast in just a minute. So don't go anywhere. But first, before we do any of that, would love to tell you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. And of course, FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. It is sweet 16 time here in March Madness. Uh, the second round is over, but that means the matchups are heating up. You also have the NBA, and there's no better place to bet on it than num- America's number one sportsbook at FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, FanDuel, if you're if you're a new customer to it, gives you the opportunity to have the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. And FanDuel lets you make same player say, or same make player prop bets and gives you the, gives you so many options. They also give you the chance to have to win with a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss out on your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel the official spending a betting a sports betting partner of the nba Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast I'm your host Chris Carter as I said it's mock draft Monday so we'll be revealing our winner where uh Steelers fans were submitting in their mock drafts for what they think the Steelers should do or they would do if they were the GMs. Also, go check out Ultimate Football GM if you want to have fun with that in that game. But I made a new rule this week. I said for this week, your first pick, wherever you did with it, you trade it up, you trade it down, you stay where you at. It had to be an offensive player because I wanted to I wanted to get into who would you who would you take on offense at that stage? There were some very interesting picks. There were some people going for Jordan Addison, some people going for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Some people were trading up and getting one, one of the top offensive tackles. This person, though, went a little different. They did go up in the tackle, but they traded down before they did so, and it added some interesting pizzazz to the pick that they got for it. So before we go into their picks, I want to give a, a congratulation to Kevin Penvos, who got the who who wins this week because I think they did a really good job of addressing a lot of the Steelers' needs and getting good value for these picks. Now, if you're looking on screen, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on screen Kevin traded the twenty the the, the 17th overall pick to the Chargers, getting the 21st overall pick and getting the third their third round pick at pick 85. Now, if you're sitting there wondering, Chris, is that possible? Would that be likely? I'll use the draft tech chart that we always talk about that puts point values onto picks to help you base what, what would be a fair trade or what would NFL's team see as a fair trade. The Steelers pick at their at, at the first at their first round pick at 17th overall would be 950 points. The Chargers pick at 21st overall would be 800 points. So that means the Steelers would have 150 points that the Chargers have to make up in this trade. With the 85th overall pick, the chart has 
that valuing 165 points. So that would be very close. And I think that that is an acceptable range, 15 points in this, in this, uh, this map of where we're looking here, where I do think that's a realistic, like that could happen. Maybe they'd ask for a fourth next year or a fifth next year or something like that. I don't think they'd ask for the seventh round picks because those aren't worth that much, but um, all in all, that's a good premise because now you have what, what what's the answer? Another day two pick, which we have continued to harp on in the show, is the sweet spot for this draft for a lot of key positions for the Steelers. But let's view again what Kevin did in this with with his mock draft here with this with, by getting by trading back. So he traded back, got twenty first overall pick, got offensive tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Anton Harrison, I think, is kind of the collective you know, fourth or fifth offensive tackle in this, in this draft class. A lot of people are starting to say Darnell Wright's in that, in that class, but Anton Harrison, a guy, I think a lot of people accept like, Hey, this guy could be very good if we, if, if, if he develops in the right place and Anton Harrison could be a reinforcement guy who comes in and says, Hey, Dan Moore jr. If you don't get a job, if you don't get it done here, it's my job to take off you. And then you're looking at a, a potential whole new left side of the offensive line with Samalo at left guard, with Anton Harrison at left tackle, Mason Cole still at center, James James Daniels still at right guard, and then maybe Chikuma Korfor presumably still at right tackle. All of those moves be on the table here. So then after that, uh, Kevin, with the 32nd overall pick, got cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, smaller cornerback from Mississippi State, ball hawking guy. He has really good, really good agility, but he's tiny probably a slot guy you know you could maybe live on the outside a little bit but you'd want him using his quicks and covering and being able to, to flip his hips and get going at 100 100 of the speed so i uh i think that that's an interesting pick there it fits the turnover uh the turnover theme that the steelers want guys that have bigger ball skills and have uh that, that's what their emphasis is less than being big physical tacklers and, and, and whatnot so interesting pick at 32 but to me this is where he really started to cook here. Kevin, you started, you went in. I have to say, 49th overall, you get Georgia tight end Darnell Washington. Chef's kiss. Mwah. That was beautiful. I loved it because Darnell Washington, I think, I'm not sure if he's going to be there at 49, man. That guy's built like a monster. And I think a lot of teams see that and they're going to want it really bad. But I like the way that he plays. If you got him at 49, that would be phenomenal. I think that that completes the Steelers' uh, 12 personnel package. You have him and Pat Frymuth. Darnell Washington could be the bigger blocker as well as a really good receiving tight end. Pat Frymuth could kind of become your slot receiving tight end type of guy. You can line up, be bigger, run the ball, hit him, get hit him with play action, and I think it would be a nightmare situation for uh, for opposing defenses, especially if the offensive line does continue to improve. So good picks there with Forbes and Washington in your second-round picks. Now, remember, you got two third-round picks because you're traded back with the chargers with that first third round pick the steelers natural pick at 80 you got gervon dexter defensive lineman out of florida a guy who has a great build to be a defensive lineman and i think could be a, a really good pickup who maybe develops in about you know like first year he'll be decent second year he'll be decent I, but i think by third fourth fifth year and then maybe the years to come i think he could develop he has the potential to develop into a very good defensive lineman with the build that he has and uh so i like some of his tape too but he has to continue to get on more consistent keep building on his skills all things he can do with the pittsburgh steelers then at e5 overall and i really really like this one dion henley out of washington state this guy went and got dion henley who i i have to admit i keep saying there's three linebackers in this class that I really like and Trenton Simpson and Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders, but Diane Henley's right there. And I really, he, he had a really good senior bowl. I thought he, he really showed up there. I like his athleticism. 
I think he's a guy that you could put there, especially with that third round pick slot. You could put him at linebacker, have him learn behind Holcomb and, and, and Roberts and see how quickly he develops into the game. And who knows, maybe he becomes your next linebacker that you want in the middle of the defense. But I think that that's a very good pick with your second, third round pick and your fourth day two pick there. Then go to day three picks, fourth round pick. The only Steelers, the Steelers only have really one there. Darius Rush, cornerback, South Carolina. You get, you get another cornerback for the mix. This cornerback room right now for the Steelers is full of lots of older vets. We've talked about Patrick Peterson being added to the group, Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, all, the, all those guys there. Now you have an outside guy and a slot guy, two guys that you can say, hey, learn with the older guys, get used to it. You, This is going to be your room someday where you're leading the charge. I think that's a very interesting approach. Then in the seventh round, you get Nick Hampton, edge rusher out of Appalach Appalachian State, and then safety out of Ohio State, Ronnie Hickman there uh, with the other seventh round pick. Fine with either of those. Uh, but the bottom line here for Kevin and why I gave him is he fought one. He followed the rules. A lot of y'all didn't follow the rules. Y'all picked defensive players. When I said pick an offensive player, it was clear in letters on, on the rules of this contest. So if you did, if you picked a defensive player, that's why yours didn't, your didn't win. Pick an offensive player. I just liked this draft better for what we were talking about today, but Anton Harrison addressed the, the, the offensive tackle position as Omar Khan's addressing the, the guard position um, in, in free agency. Emmanuel Fords and Darius Rush are corners that you could add to, that you could add to replenish a room that's going to need replenishing in some years. Darnell Washington gives you a really good tight end weapon. That's a weapon for Kenny Pickett as well as a blocker. So you get a double dose there. Gervon Dexter, Dion Henley, two defensive guys I think could really fit in what the Steelers are trying to build tradition-wise. I think all of this speaks very well. And congratulations, Ken. Kevin Penbos again for winning Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, and thanks for everyone for playing. We appreciate all of you for submitting yours. It's always fun. I just scroll through them and I'm looking through. I'm like, ooh, that one's interesting. That one's interesting. And then we try to match them up with what we're talking with on our Monday episode. So shout out to everyone who did that. We're going to have a lot more coming this week. Who knows? Maybe the Steelers do too. I thought that they were done after Friday. They added another signing. And here we go again. And we're talking all things Steelers there. But we'll keep you up to date on all the moves. And we're going to get a lot of different perspectives coming in this week from people who cover the Steelers and talk about them a lot because we want to keep keep the fresh thoughts coming here right on the Locked on Steelers podcast. So keep checking out the Locked on Steelers podcast on your favorite podcasting app anywhere that you listen to and download podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making Locked on Steelers podcast your first listen every day. And thanks again for checking us out. Thanks again if you also, if you have followed my work with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette along with the Pitt Panthers uh, basketball team. They just finished their run losing in a tough, in a tough game to Xavier, who's a very good team. I'm excited to see how they play in the Sweet 16, but it's a remarkable run for a Pitt team that played very well this year. Uh, we'll talk more about that with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in, in the uh, North Shore Drive podcast I do with them, so check that out if you want to hear my perspective on that team, because I think that they had a really special year with a bunch of really special people, um, and uh, it's a remarkable group. If you're a Pitt basketball fan, you had a really good year, but Back to the Steelers. We'll have more tomorrow talking on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. I'll be back on your screens and in your ears very soon.